Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Deck maintenance isn't fun. Move the furniture and barbecue, sand and prep, paint, seal, or get a low-maintenance Trex deck. The only color fade you'll have to deal with is watching the sunset. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Live around Australia on SEN, welcome to Off The Tee, talking all things golf with Nick O'Hearn and Sam Hargraves. Ah, yes, indeed. Very good evening. Welcome to Off The Tee for another week as we dive into the magnificent world of golf. And there is plenty to discuss this week, as there is every week, and there is no one better to discuss all the goings-on in the world of golf with than the former world number 16, the only man with the two-zip record in match play against the great Tiger Woods. I speak, of course, of Nick Ahern. Hello, mate. Sam, great to be here again. Wonderful to be with you. Um, Let's start off, as we do every week, uh, with the results that matter uh, from the week that's just been of golf. There is plenty to talk about. We've got live updates, the court case, the date has been set. Daily Telegraph reporting that along with Cam Smith, there are six other players that are set to be announced. All of them apparently played in the St. Jude. So we will talk about that uh, coming up as well. As we get set for tomorrow, probably the richest tournament um, in terms of the PGA is the Tour Championship. We've had the St. Jude with the BMW Championship we're just about to speak about, and we are gearing up for the Tour Championship. You're going to explain to us how it works, the top 30 uh, that have been ranked through coming through the FedEx Cup. It's a phenomenal tournament. It's a little different than most, so there's plenty to talk about there. But why don't we start off with uh, the BMW Championship, Wilmington Country Club, Patrick Cantlay, second year in a row that he was victorious, a one-shot win. Um over Scott Stallings, who I didn't know a hell of a lot about until reading up on him. Uh, and tied for third, uh, Scotty Scheffler and Xander Chauvelet, just to confuse us <laughs> as much as they possibly can. And we'll talk about Adam Scott in a minute, but what did you make of Patrick Cantlow? Uh, he was clutch coming down the stretch again. He did get a little bit lucky on that second last hole, 17. He blocked his tee shot. At this point, he was tied for the lead with Scott Stallings. And as you mentioned, we hadn't really heard much of Scott through... Uh, throughout the year before but he's a bit of a journeyman but he mm. has been playing well of late and he's one of those players that either misses a lot of cuts or he has a good finish so that can work on the PGA Tour at times but Cantlay played beautifully all day as you mentioned he's the only player to defend a FedEx Cup playoff event as in he won this a tournament last year and now he's won it again that's the first time that's ever happened he won the FedEx Cup last year as well so he's defending a lot of things at the moment but uh he got a great break on 17, hit a drive down the right, sort of hit the downslope just before the bunker, and if it goes in that bunker, it's an awkward second shot, and he's making par at best. It goes over the bunker and then funnels down into the fairway where he made birdie and takes a one-shot lead to the last. And it was a, obviously you got to you got to take your chances, and, and you need a little bit of luck to win as well. So it was a, an excellent win by him, but, you know, we were talking about this before the show started. Adam Scott, what a, what a finish by him. It certainly was. I mean, this, I think for several years now, we've 
there's been a question over Adam Scott. Can he get back to the player that he was? Can he get back to Masters winning Adam Scott or some, an iteration quite close to that? Um, and then couple that with speculation that will he be one of the Australians that are going to the Live Tour? But just slowly but surely this year, his results just getting better, getting mm. better, getting better. He finishes tied for fifth, and we're going to play the moment that he was able to secure that. But he went into the to this tournament, the BMW, at 45th, outside the 30 in the ranking points needed to, to get into the Tour Championship. So he played himself in. Um, he led by two shots after the second round. How have you seen his year? And to hear him talk about that he finally felt like playing with Scotty Scheffler, the world number one, he felt like he was playing as well as him and, and belonged playing alongside him, felt like he was playing that top-level golf again. Yeah, every time I see Scotty play, whether it's on the TV or in person, I think, how does this guy ever play bad? I mean, <laughs> it's just a golf swing to die for. Um, you know, he's not a bad-looking bloke either, so he hasn't got much going for him, has he? But <laughs> but I've known Scotty for a lot of years, <laughs> played President's Cups with him, and he's the loveliest guy, and you always wish him well on the golf course. But uh, I think the big thing for him is he's always had that little bit of criticism about his putting. That's They always mm. say that's a bit of his weak spot, and I think he's taken that to heart. It's actually been a pretty good year for him on the greens, and he's putted very well. And uh, as you mentioned, he's played his way into this Tour Championship. He came to the last hole needing a par to get in and he had a had to hit this bunker shot on the last hole and you got the audio I think you should play this it's amazing six and sand saves this to try to get into East Lake with a four is Adam Scott look at this shot under pressure he did it that's a half a million dollar bunker swing championship and Adam Scott with that par Secures a spot, the only guy to play himself in both weeks. So I'm going to get to the money side of that one shot and what that one shot was worth at a minimum. But talk to us about the mental side. Your book, How to Play Your Best Golf, deals a lot with the mental side of golf. So he stands on the tee at 18 saying, I need a par to get in. Mm. And he'll know that as well because they have the scoreboards up there with the projected rankings, all that sort of thing, yeah. And then he hits his tee shot. Yeah, and it could not have really gone any worse. No, he's standing in the bunker for his second shot, I believe. Yeah, um, he had to hit like a baseball swing mm. shot, one foot in the bunker, I think one out. There's no way to sort of get yourself in a position to play the shot. Ends up in another bunker, yeah, and then plays that shot for for a tap in for par with. And this is the money side of it, and then you can tell us about the mental side of that. So. Tying for fifth, as he did, earned him 796000 Australian dollars. Tying for seventh, which he would have done if he had a bogeyed, would have made him $436,000. So there's a fair difference between that. Obviously, it's brilliant, whatever, whichever way you cut it up. If he finishes last at the Tour Championship, he will make $728,000 roughly. So that shot is worth $1.5 roughly million. One shot. Mm. Is worth that at a minimum because that's <laughs> what he gets at a minimum if he finishes last. Yeah, and, th- and then you've got your FedEx Cup bonus money and things like that as well. So, yeah, you, you, you're well over the $2 million mark, I would say, here. But I can guarantee you he's not actually thinking about the money in that situation. No, what's he thinking? And Well, the funny thing was one shot you don't really want to have in that situation is a long bunker shot. It was about a 30- or a 40-yard bunker shot. That's one of the hardest shots to play in golf. The good part about it was... He had to take a real full, committed swing to it. And I watched it as it happened. 
and there was no hesitation. He got in there, he thought about it, he committed to the shot, and he just blasted his way out. And if you're a, you know, a centimetre too heavy or too thin there, the ball's going to be well short or too far, and he played it perfectly. So he's been in those situations before. This was a bit of a different one. It's not to win a golf tournament. It's actually to get in the next week. So that's a different scenario altogether. It almost has a bit of a President's Cup-type feel pressure to it, I would say, in that regard. So he, uh, he, he executed it beautifully. Rolled the putt in and uh, and he moved up, you know, in, into that spot and he's, he's crept into 29th spot on the FedEx Cup list. So he's one of two Aussies now that are in the top 30. Cam Smith is the other one. He pulled out of the BMW through injury. Uh, unfortunately, he's got some hip issues apparently, but he is playing this coming week. He's number six on the list. Scott, Scotty's number 29. The other players, unfortunately, for the Aussies who didn't make it through, Lucas Herbert had a really good week again. He did. Tied 15th. But he finished uh, 43rd on the on the FedEx Cup money list, so he's not going through because it's top 30 advance. Mark Leishman had a tied for 28th, finished 58th on the money list. And then Cam Davis um, had tied 35th. So they really needed some good weeks, those players. But unfortunately, they don't make it through to the, the last tournament of the year. However, they've still had outstanding seasons. We'll get to the, uh, the Tour Championship in just a moment. But the other thing that Adam Scott did, you mentioned you've played President's Cup with him. You could see in his social media posts how proud he was, because not only did he lock himself into the Tour Championship, locked himself into President's Cup again. So at the moment with Corey Connors, uh, Sung Jae Im, uh, Joaquin Neiman, uh, Mito Pereira, uh, Yu Hung, uh, Tom Kim, uh, Cameron Smith, as you mentioned, uh, and Hideki Matsuyama from Japan uh, to play in the international side against the Americans, which at the moment is Sam Burns, Patrick uh, Cantlay, Tony Finau, Xander Schofalay, Scotty Scheffler and Justin Thomas. Yeah, that's, uh, there's eight automatic selections. Says it's a team of 12. Trevor Immelman's the captain this year. He has four picks, so he can pick whoever he wants. The interesting part about this is whether Cam Smith, after the Tour Championship, is going to play the President's Cup because all the rumours are saying he's gone to live. So there may be another spot open up. However... Could be two. We'll P- get to that later, though. Well, Could we be two. PGA Tour and the President's Cup were very quick to announce these uh, automatic selections on both sides, mm. the US and the pre- on the uh, international team. So it's almost putting them under a pressure to say, look, hey, you're in. Are you going to leave us or what? So uh, it, was a, it was a good move, I think, on the social media side from them. But, Scotty, that means that this is his 10th appearance in the President's Cup, and I think that's a record from the international side. He's, he's played more than anyone. And uh, I'm sure that was also on his mind, probably when he hit that bunk shot as well. This, yeah. is, this is to get me in the President's Cup. He feels, I think he feels like he's back. I think it looks like he's back. Um, well, he, nev- he never looks flustered. He always has, you know, no. as I said before, his golf swing just does not change. It's Commentators pure. say it every week that mm. it, it, it always gets brought up in, at some stage in a tournament where they say, if you could pick any swing in the world, when he's a, who would you pick? And so many times, oh, oh Adam Scott's. Yeah. Adam so Scott's repeatable. Swing. Yeah. Very repeatable. And for him, it's all about short game and putting. If yep. he putts well, he plays well. It's pretty yep. simple. The, um, the, the Eagle 2 on 12 was just phenomenal. Um, I didn't see it, that one. I, I missed yeah, that one, unfortunately. It's short so. par four, but, yeah, he just just buried the, the off uh, he, he, his approach. Actually, I don't know if it's a short par four, but he buried uh, shorter par five, possibly. I'd have to double check. His approach was phenomenal, over 200 yards, and then uh, long, uh, not, not overly long. Must have been it, par five, yeah. Yeah, it was yep. the par five, sorry. And, uh, and, and the putt, and we talked about his putting. Uh, he drained it. It was it was a clutch, uh, clutch uh, eagle. Um, so the tour championship. This is so the top thirty in the rankings for the FedEx Cup. East Lake Golf Club in Atlanta. Adam Scott, Cam Smith for the Aussies. Uh, one hundred and nine million Australian dollars is the purse. Twenty six million Australian to the winner. The top seventeen would all get over a million dollars Australian. 
Explain to us the starting score. Yeah, this is an interesting one. They've gone to this format for the... I think this is the second year in a row. They've, they've tinkered around with this format for years. So how do you get this final final uh, tournament? How do you make it fair for everyone? And in the past, they've sort of had these different rankings where everyone starts the final tournament on level par, as you normally do, and you know you sort of see as, as the event goes along, you could win the Tour Championship and still not win the FedEx Cup. So what they've done is they've now taken all that out of the equation... And they've gone to, I guess the best way to call it is a staggered handicap start. It's like the Stallwall gift, I guess you could say. Yeah. Uh, Scotty Scheffler is going to start the tournament on 10 under par. And then Patrick Cantlay starts on 8 under par. And it goes from there, 8, 7, 6, 5, etc., etc., to the final group starting on even par. Now, Scotty Scheffler, interestingly enough, he finished 11 under at the BMW. But his previous eight events, he hasn't had shot 10 under or better for the tournaments before that. So he's, he's guaranteed almost, unless he shoots some pretty ordinary scores over the four days, he's at least going to shoot his 10 under. But So he's got a two-shot advantage to start the tournament over Cantlay. The same thing happened last year where Cantlay had a two-shot lead over, I believe, DeChambeau or, um, or was it uh, Rahm, I think. I think uh, it was Rahm. Yeah, going into that final round. So uh, Shoffley actually had a putt from about six or seven feet. Now, if he makes that on the last hole at the BMW, all of a sudden... Uh, that's flipped. Cantley has the two-shot lead over Scheffler. So there's a four-shot swing on a putt from someone, Xander Shoffley, that had you know nothing to do with those other two players. So it's a fascinating concept. I'm not really in agreement with it, the way they do it, this staggered start. I think you could find a much better way to do it. I'd love to see a match play format. Maybe take the top 16 guys or something like that, top eight for the year, and hey, add at, have at it, and it's a knockout, and away we go. So Will Zalatoris at seven under... Uh, Xander Chauvelet at six under, Sam Burns five under, four under is Cam Smith, Rory McIlroy who drops to four in the world. Cantlay jumped up in the third in the uh, actually the world rankings. Tony Finau, Sepp Straka, and Sungjae Im at three under. John Rahm, Scott Stallings uh, who came second in the BMW. Justin Thomas, Cameron Young, Matthew Fitzpatrick two under. Max Homa, Hideki, Ma- Hideki Matsuyama, Jordan Spieth, Neiman and Hovland as well. One under uh, Colin Morikawa, Billy Horschel, uh, Tom Hogue. Corey Connors, uh, Brian Harmon, even par, Lee Poston, uh, Thigala, Adam Scott, and Aaron Wise. So that's how they'll start off, and uh, this will be a must-watch. Uh, so looking forward to that, this, uh, looking forward to the uh, the Tour Championship at East Lake Golf Club in Atlanta this weekend. Just before we get to the break, just rip through the uh, other Aussies abroad this week, some of the results that caught your eye. Please, Nick Ahern. Well, in the Czech Masters, we had uh, Maximilian Kiefer, the German, winning for the first time uh, on the DP World Tour. He played 249 events and um, had his first win in a rain-shortened 54 holly. You could call that a live event, I guess you could say. <laughs> but uh, it was a good win for the German. As Of the Aussies in that event, uh, Jake McLeod had a nice finish in tied for six. Zach Murray tied for 41st and a couple of others that made the cut there. Uh, on the ladies' European tour, we had the Aramco Team Series event. Now, this is a bit of conjecture because Aramco is a Saudi company and they sponsored a, uh, a European ladies' tour event. So we can get into that a little bit later when we talk live golf anyway. But Steph Kuriako was the best Aussie at tied 39th. Nelly Corder won the individual event there with her sister Jessica Corder winning the team event. They had a team and an individual going on. Uh, over there in that. Um, we also had the Corn Ferry Tour. Yeah. First of the finals. They have these uh, finals which guys can get their PGA Tour card from this. Top 25. Top 25, yeah. Top yep. 25 uh, from, from these three events. Uh, we have four players playing out, out of the Aussies uh, over there. We have um, 
Actually, we had five because Harrison Endicott uh, has already got his card, but there's four that have a chance to get their their card over there. Now, Harrison actually finished the best out of the out of the five yeah. Aussies. He was tied for 18th. Minwoo Lee was tied 26th, along with Jason Scrivener and uh, Aaron Badley tied 37th. While uh, Anthony Quayle missed the cut, unfortunately. So it's a bit of a slow start for him. But if you get a top three to top five finish in one of these events, you can almost guarantee yourself a PGA Tour card. Now, Will Gordon won the event. It was in uh, Boise, Idaho. I've played that golf tournament. The cut was five under par. Imagine that. You shoot five four, under yeah, the you cut. Shoot, you shoot four under. You've wow. played pretty well, and, and you're packing your bags for the weekend. So uh, that was a bit of a tough one for Anthony Quayle because he shot uh, three under, I believe, and missed the cut by two. But uh, a great win by Will Gordon. He won in a playoff from MJ Defu and uh, Philip Knowles, who led after the first three rounds, and he three-putted the last green to uh, to get into that playoff. So that was a, a bit of a tough finish. As we go over to the Champions Tour, uh, which was also going on at the same time in uh, Endicott, New York, Padraig Harrington, the great Irish golfer, uh, won the Dick's Sporting Goods Open uh, by three shots from Mike Weir and Tongchai JD, who's from Thailand. The best of the Aussies was my good mate Stuart Appleby, hey. finishing in a tie for 15th. And next week, they're uh, up in Warwick Hills Country Club for the Ally Championship. And I used to play the Buick Open there. It a, it's actually a really good golf tournament. And uh, I look forward to watching that one on the television. This is Off the Tee. Uh, Nick Ahern, Sam Hargraves with you. Just as we go to the break, just some non-golf news. But we are uh, live around the SN Network at the moment from an AFL point of view. Cam Rayner, the Brisbane Lions star, was at the tribunal tonight trying to get a dangerous tackle. Uh, one match ban overturned. They have failed in that appeal uh, and he will miss the elimination final uh, against Richmond uh, next week and that game on Thursday night, which you will hear on SEN as well. But just to repeat, Cam Rayner, um, unsuccessful getting the one match ban overturned uh, at the tribunal tonight. Hey, when we come back, the latest on live. There's some big stories and big rumours being uh, bandied about. Uh, Nick Ahern will give you the update on the lawsuit and when that will be heard and what that then means for the players who have signed up for Live and their ability to play on the PGA. We're going to honour a great of golf who sadly left us this week and plenty more on Off the Tee. You're listening to Off The Tee with Nick O'Hearn and Sam Hargraves. Listen back to any part of the show you might have missed by subscribing to the Off The Tee podcast. Uh, welcome back to Off The Tee. Nick O'Hearn, Sam Hargraves with you. Uh, before we finish up the show tonight, of course, we tap into Nick's knowledge uh, from the book How To Play Your Best Golf. And all thanks to our very good friends at Big Swing Golf, where you can play some of the greatest courses from around the world on their state-of-the-art simulator. Uh, Nick's going to pick one of the courses you can play that he actually has played and tell us a little bit about it. Um, I noticed that you were remarking on my hat when I came in because there is a bit of a golf vibe to it, the Peaky Blinders. So this is the first uh, time I haven't worn my Callaway hat uh, for one of our shows. Um, but these are, like, if I was to wear this playing golf, it's one of those newspaper boy hats, but if I was wear the plus fours and the, the, the long white socks, would that... Would I be a bit of a throwback? Who was it? Was it Payne Stewart? That Payne, used to, yes, yeah. Payne Stewart. He had the plus fours, as you said. Yep. And I think he started wearing it because uh, he saw Stuart Jin wear it uh, right. when he was playing the Asian tour. Stuart Jin was a very famous Australian. He would have worn this hat. Uh, Payne did. I don't know about yeah. Stuart, though. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Payne, he was the man. And funnily enough, um, he, his, uh, his widow, because Payne passed away in a... In a freak uh, plane crash in yeah. 1999 his widow Tracy Stewart became very 
close friends of my wife and I uh, when we right. lived in uh, over in America because we all lived in the same golf estate in uh, in Orlando, Florida. So uh, I know I've got a lot of Payne's ties because Stuart. Uh, is that right? So uh, sorry, yeah, uh, Tracy gave me quite a few of Payne's ties. Oh, that's so, beautiful. Yeah. When one day I think we'll um we'll have to get you to go through who lived in that estate. Oh yeah, you'll be. Yeah, you'll be blown away. Yeah, I, I think <laughs> in we all will. sports, uh, we, we, we'll keep that one up our sleeve. Okay. We will keep that one up our sleeve. Uh, the latest on live, so the lawsuit. Yes, it's uh, you know we're we're in an interesting time. You know, uh, obviously yep. last week uh, we had the what was it called the temporary uh, restraining order, which yep. was Failed. to do with the three players to try and play the FedEx Cup players. That obviously got uh, upheld, I guess you could say. So they they couldn't play in these events now. As far as the antitrust lawsuit goes, which is the big one, yep. that's the one that could take years, they did set a date. Uh, last Thursday, U.S. District Judge Beth Labson-Freeman, she set the trial date for January 8, 2024, which is in 16 or 17 months' time. Now, that's a long time for these live golfers to wait because up until that point, they're not allowed to play PGA Tour events. So the live lawyers, they want, obviously wanted it sooner. They were trying for August next year, about a year away, arguing that the case needed to be expedited. However, the PGA Tour attorney said, no, nah, that's not enough time for us to get adequately uh, prepared. And it also coincided with the start of next year's FedEx Cup playoffs. So it's been pushed back. And the more it gets pushed back, it's going to hurt these live players. Pat Perez is the latest player to withdraw. So there's now nine players yes. in that antitrust lawsuit. Carlos Ortiz withdrew uh, a little while ago. Um, so he said he has no ill feeling against the PGA. He only signed up because he was following the other members. So the, it's just starting to look uh, a little bit shaky. But so that, that would mean, though, that until this lawsuit is heard, those players, uh, the players that are still involved um, uh, in the lawsuit... Uh, including Phil Mickelson, Bryson DeChambeau, they can't play PGA events, can they? No, they can't. No, at the moment they can still play, well, the players that are part of the DP World Tour, like Ian Poulter, for instance, he played uh, the Czech Masters last week. And it's interesting with these players because originally when they said they wanted to go to the Live Tour, well, they said, well, because we want to play less. And now they're petitioning to go play more. So it's a bit of a contradiction. As we've spoken before, yeah. we all know why they Someone went. will come and say, yeah, I'm going for the money. I'm going for the, yeah. <laughs> Bryson actually came out and said, he says, oh, this is a business decision. Now, all yeah. credit to him for saying that. But, um, yeah, so the the DP World Tour, the European Tour, they haven't still rectified. Uh, I think they had a, a case a little yeah. while ago where it, it, it was a... What did they do? They put a stay on that. Mm. So the players are still allowed to play the DP World events. However, on the PGA Tour in the US, no, they cannot. So this is going to hurt those players because all their world ranking points are going down and down and down. Now, Patrick Reed went over and played the Asian Tour event. That's their only other uh, recourse, basically, is to go and play these Asian Tour event series, which we can talk about a bit more as well. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau, as I mentioned, Ian Poulter, Abraham Anser, uh, Jason Kokorak, um, Peter Uline. Uh So there's... Um yeah, there's so much that will continue to, to play out with this. Um, and, of course, Patrick Reed, public enemy number one, who's got his own lawsuit for defamation uh, against the uh, the Golf Channel. Golf Channel and uh, Brandel Chamblee. That's right. Exactly. The Tiger Woods-led player meeting that happened before the BMW Championship, we spoke about it last week, but uh, Roy McElroy saying uh, there was one alpha in the room and it wasn't me. <laughs> 
what what have we learnt uh, a little bit more uh, about? We've learned a little bit more about uh, that meeting and what was discussed. Uh, can you just give us a little bit more insight into that? Yeah, it, again, this this wasn't to discuss done, the threat of live. Yeah, th- th- there was basically twenty two of the top players. You name it. It was all those pretty much a lot of the players that are playing in the tour championship, like Scheffler, uh, Cantlay, Zalatoris, Shoffley, Burns, etc., etc. Yep. Ricky Fowler joined Tiger Woods on the plane. I yep. noticed he's not in the top echelon anymore. However, he's in full support. Carries weight. Yeah, it does no cam. Smith, because he, he actually wasn't playing at the Sam wasn't there. And another interesting omission was Hideki Matsuyama. Now, we're hearing conflicting stories on Hideki at the moment. However, this uh, meeting, I guess you could say, was led by Tiger and Rory, and they discussed uh, a, a new direction for the tour, and, and they wanted to create a 15 or an 18 tournament series where they're going to take top 60 players, no cut, and they're going to play this this series throughout the year of the PGA Tour, mixed in with all the other events. But the interesting part about it, and the thing I love about it, is they're getting the best players in the world or the best players on the PGA Tour at the moment to play those events week in, week out, which is what the sponsors want. It's what the fans want. That's exactly what they want to see. So, so has the PGA ticked that off? Cause no, they, they haven't. They added, at the end of the year, several events of a similar nature for mm. you know the no-cut, best players, big purse... Um, this is in addition to that on on tipping. I have a feeling it's a... The criticism is that that's a little bit like what Liv are doing anyway. Well, not really. It's, it is different in this in this regard. But the, I'm, I, I don't think the PGA Tour have ticked that other one off yet either. I mean, they haven't slotted in the schedule as proposed of yet. It, yeah. Proposed it. This is probably the players coming back and saying, why don't we propose this? Now, one thing they did propose, that, that the PGA Tour, because they're a non-profit organisation... Mm. They're aiming or ask, or will be asking the PGA Tour to check the box that says, hang on, you are a for-profit organisation. And the reason they're doing that is then they can get outside funding in. There's a lot of golfers, golf billionaires out there who are businessmen who love their golf, like a J.P. McManus, for instance. He's mm. the Irish billionaire who puts on uh, the J.P. McManus program every five years. All of a sudden, when you get play, uh, companies or business people like them coming in, they can pump a lot of money into the it, tour and, and then all of a sudden there becomes an equity part of that the tours can can take in this type of series. If you're going to do this though why not do it with a bit more pizzazz, a bit more razzle dazzle like why aren't we looking at things like I mean so every one of these should be like Phoenix with the party mm, hole at Phoenix. Well. We should be doing nearest the pin and get the players <laughs> up there to do it. So it should be like an all-star weekend. Yes, play the tournament, but get there, like make an extra day of it, and the players are going to go around and do a skills challenge. So we're going to do bunker shot. We're going to do nearest the pin. We're going to do longest drive. We're going to do, um, you know, trick shot. We're going to do uh, put on, like, an exhibition display. These are the best players in the world. We're going to play this tournament, but we're also going to highlight the skill of the players, and we'll put extra bucks up to win that. But that would would you... Well, it's inter- I would watch that. It's interesting, interesting you should say that because just recently, I think it came out today, Tiger Woods, Rory McIlroy, they've been in, in discussion about a new business venture where they're going to get the top players to compete against each other in a, to quote them, a non-greengrass stadium environment type of event. So they're wow. going to do this separate, and they're going to be one-day events. So it sounds as though mm. they're going to be some sort of a skills challenge. Doing that during a tournament, that's not going to work, okay, okay. because we're, we're talking about... The day know, before? Well, you could do it the day before the Pro-Am day or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, you wouldn't do it the day after because everyone wants to get Unless out Unless you... The Pro-Am... Uh, let me ask you about Pro-Ams. So I love when the USPGA will do that day where they'll get, like, Tom Brady and Russell Wilson or Steph Curry, or and they'll play with 
that that is a pro. Look, that mm. is the you know that is uh, sorry. That to me is a pro am, like a big name celebrity. Yeah. Um, some of the other ones I don't think maybe quite stack up like they maybe once did. So there's probably a way to tinker and tweak the pro am too. I, I would have thought. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Well, the pro am golf is the most unique sport in this regard. In that, yeah. Amateurs. Because the... what does every elite athlete do when they're not playing their own sport? Well. A lot of them play golf, as, as you much. just mentioned. Yeah. Exactly. However, for every tournament, there's a lot of money in sponsorship dollars that has to come in to put these golf tournaments on. And these companies <laughs> and corporations, they want their executives, mm. their high flyers, their biggest, best clients to go and enjoy the fruit of their labor, mm. so to speak, so that they can come in and play with these top pros. That's what the Prime's all about. Mm. It's an entertainment value type thing. Mm. If you get celebrities coming in, I love that as well. You have actual celeb, like the, the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am, for instance, that's where celebrities do play with the yep. pros over a course of a tournament. That's okay once or twice a year, not every week. I, no. think you, I think you put it in the day before the event, and you have, as you say, these skills challenges. I love that idea. I think that you could be Because you look great. at All-Star Weekend in the NBA. The three-point shootout is a must-watch. The dunk contest, yeah, it fell away a bit this year, but the, dunk, the dunk, <laughs> dunk contest is amazing. They've got the skills challenge as well. I think golf lends itself to this in a major way. I don't know why we don't do it in the AFL grand final day, but that's a different conversation. But this this would, I think this would work. Yeah, well, in the US, they had this... Uh, Got to think outside again, the box now. While I was living in the US, they had this uh, golf show over there called The Big Break. I don't know if you got that back in Australia while I was living there. I don't know if they still do it, but they were basically a series of skills challenges. Yeah. And this is where Tommy Two Clubs... Uh, Gainey, Tommy Gainey, remember him? He actually came, he, he was one of these uh, contestants on the big break and the, he, he used to wear two gloves and everyone made a bit of fun of him And but he actually made it on the PGA Tour in one tournament. So, but these, this big break concept was all about, you know, hitting shots through glass windows and uh, who can hit longest drives and curve wow. the ball the most, all this sort of different stuff, nearest the pins, as you're saying. I think there's an absolute um, market for that. Mm. Now, do it around you tournaments. You play golf darts. You could set mm. up a green, <laughs> you paint could do it anything. like a day. You could. You could absolutely do anything. Yeah. The sky's the limit. And I think people would watch. Absolutely. And I think people would go, hey, um, just on, uh, give us your thoughts on that. 0433981116. You can call in 1-300-736-736. So the Daily Telegraph. So the Telegraph who broke the Cam Smith going to live story uh, are now saying that when that gets announced, they're saying on August 29th, there'll be six other players that'll be announced, who all played in the St. Jude, the, the first stage of the FedEx uh, the FedEx Cup. It'll be announced ahead of the fourth live event, which is in Boston. And there is talk, the speculation is, that Hideki Matsuyama, the 2021 Masters winner, will be one of those names. Dan Rappaport saying he can see this happening, well-respected golf journalist, because they are throwing the kitchen sink at him. They want Japan and because they are golf craze. There's a ton of money. They think that'll get them a TV deal straight away. It'll get sponsorship and ownership, which is what they're going to try and do with this model, to, to have owners come in and buy these teams eventually down the track. They think that is a, a, a guarantee if they get the Japanese market, and they get that with Hideki Matsuyama. Mark Leishman believed to be another one that's coming, and then there would be an all-Australian team, Smith, Leishman, Matt Jones, who's already there. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see if... if Smith and Leishman do go, uh, who's going to go off the Aussie team currently? Because at the moment it's Matt Jones, Jed Morgan, uh, Blake Windred, and actually is Blake still on the team? I'm not sure. But uh, who's the other one? Travis Smythe. So those yep. players, what happens to them? That's what I want to know. I guess they have to go back to the Asian tour and things like that. However, Hideki, I heard the same thing a little while ago where, yes, he was 
definitely going. However, now I'm hearing from PGA Tour sources that I know that he's not going and he's committed to the PGA wasn't Tour. Wasn't at the meeting. <laughs> wasn't at the meeting. I know he wasn't at the meeting. <laughs> However, the, and, it's, and, and you're right. Hideki is a game changer. He is basically he's the only Asian winner of the Masters. Yeah. Uh, that's why they're throwing the reported 400 million US at him. Oh, I mean, oh, that is oh insane money. Wow. And you're going to get a TV deal out of that. You're going to get all this sponsorship money. Not that they need the sponsorship money, but you got the Asian market just right there in one player. But again, I'm hearing differently to what is being reported. So we'll see. Off the text, my idea about skills challenges, nearest the pin, uh, longest drives, but putting competition, these kind of things that you could add to some of these feature tournaments that Tiger Woods is talking about doing to, to just change the face of the PGA Tour. Not off to a great start. Off the text, it must be said. Sorry, but that sounds about as fun as AFLX. <laughs> I, don't know okay. if, I don't know if I could have got a text more insulting, but well, hey, thank you for your contribution. Well, you don't do it during the tournament. You do it you know, the day before or something, and you yeah, create exactly. a little highlights package for a bit of fun. Thank you. Hey, when we come back, we're going to pay respects to uh, a golfing great who uh, sadly died during the week. Uh, we'll tell you who that is and, and get uh, Nick Ahern to give us um, his memories of, uh, of the man himself. And we'll finish up with uh, the Big Swing Golf Course uh, of Nick Ahern's choosing. And, of course, we'll tap into Nick's knowledge with his tip of the week. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. If you'd like to call to get involved and talk a bit of golf with the man himself, Nick Ahern, you can do so. Or text 0433981116. This is Off The Tee. You're listening to Off The Tee with Nick O'Hearn and Sam Hargraves. Listen back to any part of the show you might have missed by subscribing to the Off The Tee podcast. If anyone has ever owned this hole, it would be Jack Nicklaus. When he won his first green jacket back in 1963, he did it with a birdie here at 16. And of course, who can forget 1975? The 40-foot putt. Tom Weiskopf, what is going through Jack's mind right now? He has not experienced this kind of a streak in a long time. If I knew the way he thought, I would have won this tournament. <laughs> uh, no, seriously, he is just going to fire this right at the pin. He's going to think, Jack, this is time right now. Make the swing that you are capable of making. Stay down, accelerate through the ball, make a good golf swing. Your destiny is right here. Oh, there we go. One of the most iconic moments in Masters history. Jack Nicholas in 1986, but the commentary of Tom Weisskopf and the incredibly um, irreverent line, the self-deprecating line, if I hadn't known what he was thinking, I would have won this thing. Uh, the 1973 British Open winner. He was an accomplished course designer. He did the renovation of Torrey Pines. You heard him there in commentary. Sadly dying of cancer this week at the age of 79. 16 US PGA events won. Uh, a four-time Masters runner-up. Uh, and you heard him there, runner-up uh, to Jack Nicholas. He beat, though, Jack twice uh, in playoff golf uh, along their career. And Jack Nicholas said, as much talent as anybody that's ever played the game, second in the 76 US Open as well. Nick Ahern, one of the greats of golf, has left us.
He certainly has. He was one of the greats, and it's very sad in that regard. But, uh, yeah, that's one of the all-time comments yeah. in golf. I, I remember watching, uh, I think, the Howie games a little while ago, and um, he, Jim Nance was on there, and he was talking about that moment when he exhausted everything he had, Jim Nance, into this comment about Nicholas, and then he backs away, like Jack backed away. So he's going, what do I say now? And he went over to Tom, and Tom says that comment. If I'd have known what he was thinking, I would have won this tournament many times because, as you mentioned, four times he was running up in the Masters, four times in seven years. So yeah. he was a very tall, elegant player. If you ever got to watch him and see him play, apparently physically he was just so gifted. He, the downfall was that he played in the Nicholas era and he came runner-up to Jack so many times. And he he was an underachiever and he did say that himself. He had some alcohol issues early on, but he mm. cleaned himself up, got all past that and became one of the great champions and won the Open Championship in 1972. Designed uh, one of my favourite courses over on the European Tour and I played there, Loch Lomond. It's a very much an American-style golf course, but I always played well there. That's why I yeah. loved it. And I found out that Tom had designed it. So a very sad loss for the world of golf. Did you ever meet him? I never did, unfortunately, no. But he, everyone says when they talk about Tom Weisskopf, just uh, an absolute gentleman and an incredible ball striker. Our condolences to his family and um, I think flags at golf courses around the world will be flying at half-mast and uh, I think that there will be, um, you would imagine, tribute to him uh, at the Tour Championship in some way, shape or form. Uh, I know that he'll be at the forefront uh, and a presence in a lot of players and especially I would imagine the commentary team's mind. Um, yes, and you've actually honoured him tonight because you've got the, uh, the the sort of cap that he used to wear as well. What, what do you call that? Is it a, a beret? Well, they call, well, no, it's not a beret. No, they, well, sorry. they call them the Peaky Blinders hat now, but okay. it's called a newsboy. Uh, a newsboy. Newsboy okay. hat. Obviously synonymous with right. the old um, uh, read all about it. Yep. Uh, the okay. kid on the corner selling the papers. Well, you've un unwittingly honoured uh, Tom tonight with uh, with your choice of, of, of headwear. So well done, Sam. Oh, well, thank you. Hey, uh, when we come back, uh, and if you'd like to get involved, you can always do so, one three hundred seven three six seven three six 736 736 or 433 We will take you to a course uh, that you can play at Big Swing Golf uh, that Nick Ahern has played uh, in real time, but you wouldn't even know the difference how good Big Swing Golf is. We'll reveal that course on the other side of this and we'll tap into Nick's knowledge how to play your best golf. Uh, a tip of the week from Nick Ahern on Off The Tee. You're listening to Off The Tee with Nick Ohern and Sam Hargraves. Listen back to any part of the show you might have missed by subscribing to the Off The Tee podcast. Uh, big swing golf, indoor golf, real fun, fast. This is the creme de la creme of indoor golf simulators, massive screens, selection of exciting virtual games. Big swing golf delivers one-of-a-kind simulation fun for golfers and non-golfers alike. They've got Father's Day gift cards on at the moment. A brilliant place for a work event. Their locations in uh, New South Wales, Albury, Stanmore, DY, Northmead, Penrith in Queensland at Underwood, Virginia, Woolloongabba in Tassie at Cambridge, uh, Vic Country, Ballarat, Terralgan, and in the metro region, Victoria, Carnegie, Hoppers Crossing, Cheltenham, Kew, Dandenong, Melbourne, Frankston, Mitcham, Preston. You can play some of the greatest courses around the world. Nick Ahern has played these courses in real life. It's almost exactly the same, though. That's how good Big Swing Golf are. Where are we going this week? All right, this week we're in a bit of a tribute to the Ladies European Tour event that was on last week at Santo Grande Golf Club. Uh, staying in the same area, Santo Grande, we're going to go to Valderrama. Now, Valderrama... 
uh, has a lot of history to this golf course. Had the 1997 Ryder Cup there where Seve Ballesteros, the late great Seve, captain the European Tour to victory. Wow. I played there many times because it always held the season-ending event. It was called the Volvo Masters back in the day. Uh, they still have a European Tour event there now. I think it's the Andalusia Masters in the middle of October. So you can actually watch this golf course on TV, maybe before you go to Big Swing and play it. So a lot of history at this golf course. The interesting part about it, it's very narrow, very tight off the tee. A lot of side hill lies. You won't get that in the simulator, so that's one advantage. And the 17th hole is very famous for Miguel Angel Jimenez making an albatross two there on the par five. So see if he can beat or match his score there. It's a great course. Beautifully done. Hey, uh, How to Play Your Best Golf is your book, uh, available at all good bookstores. Uh, you can get it online as well. We're tapping into Nick Ahern's knowledge here. And for this tip this week, you've actually uh, brought some audio. Mm, I want you to listen to this. This is interesting. See if we can bring it up. I just feel like that's a cool Tuesday, Wednesday shop. I, mean, what's... I, I don't. I, I actually think it can do it. Like, And I think that the downside is almost the same, okay? This one's on me, all right? Okay. All right, I trust you. All right, come on. Well, trust those instincts here. It's a good number. Yep. Well, guys, if you've ever heard a caddy try and talk his player every which way possible out of hitting this shot, and you heard Jordan say, it's on him. Why does Grower oh, even no, try? <laughs> oh, this thing's floating. It's got to get up. That was, the, that was the shot that he didn't think he could hit. So that's Jordan Spieth uh, at the BMW Championship. That's a, that's a, that is a fascinating conversation with his caddy. It's brilliant, isn't it? And the shot goes <laughs> into the water. You can hear that clunk. This is a, the ripples tell the story, as they say, but you can hear the ripples in that regard. But it's a great example of what I like to call the risk versus reward. And yep. Grella, his caddy, when he said to him, this is a great Tuesday or Wednesday shot, that's caddy speak for... Don't even think about trying this in a tournament. <laughs> We're in contention. We've got a chance at winning this golf tournament. What are you thinking? So he sort of, you know, he gave him an out, but Jordan said, no, nah, this is on me. I'm going to take a crack at it. And it's a great lesson for all the golfers out there. When you get a, in a situation where you're going, yeah, I got this shot. I can, I can take it on. I can hit it. Ask yourself, okay, is the reward greater or, or less than, than the risk? And that's a big part of it. That's a big part of the game. You've got you to ask yourself, do I really have this in my bag? Do I have the skills to, to bring this shot off? Or should I just chip out sideways, knock it on the green, at worst make my bogey and go to the next? So, you know, it's, it's a great example of... The battle uh, with the ego, isn't yeah. it? It's almost like in poker, knowing the odds. I mean, you might think you've got the hand, but what's the likelihood that the player opposite you has a better hand? You've got, you got to know those numbers, don't you? Absolutely. And a, a great drill I used to do is when I was playing by myself in a practice round, I would put myself in the rough, in positions that were like, mm, this is a bit of a 50-50 scenario, and play two balls. Play one, which is the hero shot, play the safe <laughs> shot, and then add your score up and which one counts the best. That's a great way to tell when you should go for it and when you should lay up. Tapping into Nick's knowledge, it is an absolute treat to be able to do that every week on Off The Tee. You can get the book, How To Play Your Best Golf. Uh, this is a question as we finish up. Mario from Maslin Beach, is Nifty Nick eligible for the Seniors Tour and will Liv have a Seniors Tour? Oh, I'm giving away my age now, but yes, I am eligible. I turned 50 last October, so um, I'm going to play some European Legends Tour events next year, so you'll see me out on the tour there a little bit. Who will you be getting around with when you're playing in those? Oh, who will I be getting? Probably a uh, couple of the Aussies. I know Richard Green's over yeah. there. He's playing Chucky, Chucky Fowler. He's always a bit of fun, and Peter O'Malley. But uh, I don't know if the Liver's going to have a seniors tour. I'm not sure they're going to have a regular tour at the moment. It's all up in the air, so uh, we'll see. But they're definitely in for the long haul, I'd say. 
Uh, always a pleasure, mate. We'll see you next week. No, great to chat, Sam. Hey, enjoy the Tour Championship. It's the most one of the most unique tournaments in golf, and we've got Adam Scott and Cam Smith in contention from an Australian point of view. $109 million Australian is the purse. The top 17 guaranteed over a million. The winner, 26 mil. The loser uh, gets about 700000 Australian. Hey, uh, up next, uh, Future Stars, thanks to Bravo Management, myself, Liam Pickering, Cal Toomey, our special guest. Stick around. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.